0: To the podcast. <laughs> Adam, how you doing?
1: I'm doing all right. I just totally didn't tongue twist the intro and Sean's now taking the load for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. A yeah What'd you do this weekend? Uh,
1: I visited Paige. Um who's there? Got there Friday, huh? Oh. Uh, you said, said who's, who's Paige? That?
0: For those who don't know.
1: Paige is my girlfriend. Sorry, guys. Taken. I am for the boys, but you know, I'm committed to a lady. But no, so Paige is my girlfriend. She lives in Atlanta, so I visited her. All right, Sean, your weekend. Hit me with it.
0: Dude, I didn't do anything crazy. Uh, my first weekend with the new job, so I really took it easy. I let myself sleep in on Saturday. Nice. Um, Went for a run on Saturday. It was great. It was like one of my first longer runs since the 100K. What was the About distance? A month ago. I think I went like eight miles thing Something like that um yeah it felt good it was like it was it was a little bit strenuous like i feel out of shape but it was it was fun and that's then good sunday just did my typical thing went to church got some food my buddy joe talked about life i don't know nice hung out and then yesterday afternoon um yeah, I was just chilling, just getting ready for work this week. Did some reading. Been trying to read a book every week. Every, every week. Year. Yeah. So what the I, heck? So far, it's the. This is the start of the third week of January, right? Huh. This is this the start of like the third week of the year? mm mm-hmm. So I've read two books. No, I've read one book. So I'm I'm down a book. It's, it's a actually aggressive like goal.
1: Week two and a half.
0: Yeah. So I need um, to read two, two books soon.
1: I'm gonna run through my weekend and, and in, in case I like, hop crop out what I just said, uh, because Sean wasn't <laughs> approving. But basically I visited my girlfriend this weekend in Georgia. We went on a nice date. We went to a brewery, which was great, had a couple of drinks, and played cards. That was a lot of fun. Nice. There's like a group of people that like Paige's friend that wanted to go to like a bar bar, and I was like, mm, no, I'm okay. And we like went to a nice little brewery, and there's like Sweet. a deck of cards, and I was like, game over. So that's what we did, and then Saturday we did aquarium. Grady came in town, watched some football, ate some, had some pizza, bro, which is which is gonna be a good segue for what we're about to talk about. But yeah,
0: Ooh, so what are we talking about today?
1: So basically, I saw on Joe Rogan's Instagram, he posted a picture that said the government funded a new food study that released a new pyramid, and this pyramid claims that Lucky Charms are healthier than ground beef, and I'm going to share it. <laughs> To the screen right now. And you just got to, is it shared? Uh,
0: Yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was seeing stuff about this.
1: So I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this slowly, just for everybody that's audio only. So basically, we're going to start at the very bottom. There's three items that are in red that are called to be minimized. I mean, you eat these very, like, not very often, and you kind of want to avoid them. Number one, ground beef. Number two, cheddar cheese. Mm. Number three, a whole egg fried in butter. <laughs> <laughs> so, starting off, I'm like, dang, Your I'm terrible at eating. Toast. Apparently, <laughs> um, we're moving on to the yellow. It's to be moderated. We have ice cream cone with nuts. N- so, like, basically, a drumstick is what I'm a- I'm picturing. Yeah, yeah, I think um, non-fat mozzarella cheese, almond M Ms, whole milk, boiled or poached egg. Canned pineapple in heavy syrup, whole wheat bread, lucky charms, skinless chicken breast, egg substitute fried in vegetable oil, vegetable oil, millet. I don't really know what that is, like grains, greens, and then sweet potato, (laughs) fries, or chips, all right, and then these are the healthiest things to be encouraged to eat as much as possible, date, honey nut Cheerios, orange juice with calcium. Chocolate covered almonds, non-fat frozen yogurt, unsweetened almond milk, frosted mini wheats, kale, and then watermelon. So kale and watermelon are the two healthiest things on this list. And watermelon has like zero to none and when it comes to like actual legitimate like functional macro nutritional value.
0: Can you can you click on the the tuft food compass? Cause I think this is a like this is obviously like they've they've pulled some results from it. Let's see. Let me just look at the whole. I just wanna know. Oh, I'm sure it's like super. So we have so we have a food pyramid based on what where is this data? Oh, so this, so is, this is comparisons
1: Austin. of foods by food compass score within category fruits. So then it's just okay, basically so ranking all, all fruits, and then I guess it's gonna do it with Seafood, dairy, eggs, meats. Okay. And then it's going to do it with mixed dishes.
0: mixed dishes.
1: So, seafood garden salads, the number one.
0: So, I guess they're just trying to get like, they were trying to encompass a lot of like generic meals that are out there. Like, a yeah. lot of typical, like what people are eating.
1: So, yeah, I think what you dig a little bit deeper is not as absurd. still a little absurd. But the yeah. part that's a little insane to me is that this is, like, the front of it. This yeah. is, like, the first thing you see, and most people aren't going to click into the compass. Right. So, I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting. Sean, what is what is your take of this pyramid?
0: My take of the pyramid? the I I just think it's, like... I think it's kind of like, uh, what's the word? Misleading. Like, uh, I just think it's like a really odd group of things to compare to them to like each other. It's like why, why do we have ice cream cone with nuts next to non-fat mozzarella cheese,
1: or next to whole fried egg?
0: Yeah, and like, what does like honey nut Cheerios have to do with like? like uh you know like dates like those are two completely different kinds of food yeah it doesn't really make any sense if I was not more interested in this kind of thing if I was if I was coming to this with like very minimal base knowledge about what's good to eat what's healthy and I looked at this if I took this to a grocery store I would come out of there with the oddest combination of like stuff in my cart it'd be like what are you gonna make like I'm yeah. not saying that people are using this as like a grocery list but if i was like okay i want to eat healthier so i'm gonna fill my cart with watermelon kale frosted mini wheats non-fat frozen yogurt chocolate covered almonds i mean it just doesn't tell you anything
1: it's also like where's the actual meal yeah it seems like a bunch of snacks
0: yeah yeah it's it is i mean i guess there's value in like okay let's let's talk about what kind of snacks we're eating and like wh- how good or bad they are for us but like because a lot of people eat a lot of snacks, but uh, I don't really understand what even the point of like having these all together on one. When you click on the compass and it breaks it down into like fruits, vegetables like that, I think that's helpful. Yeah, I agree. This, this graphic right here is like complete nonsense to me.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was one of those things where like when it first got posted to was like, like, you're right, they took so much data and then they tried to encompass into like such a little small group and like the comparison seems so obscure that you can have something like ground beef which is can be like used as a me- like in any part of a meal it can be cooked into anything and then it's being compared like side by side with like cheddar cheese and almond M&Ms it's like
0: those things are not What in are the we doing
1: here price. and like what's what's the uh what's the goal but basically the whole reason I wanted to talk about this was to now segue to I guess now since you're not as much of a broke boy Sean you can Eat, eat a little bit more of what you want to eat when it comes to dieting. And I was just going to segue it into kind of like how we're both eating at the moment, what our meals look like, what our diet looks like, our day to day, maybe some snacks we like, as you said, you know, maybe yeah. mix a little, a little bit of everything in.
0: I will say, um, Adam just made a comment about how I didn't have a job for a couple months and I will say I would love to do like even a specific, like how to eat clean on a budget because like I, I did my best and I think that yeah. like you could do a lot better than you think you can on a budget with food because it's really hard to, it is, it is hard to um, get creative on a budget when you're buying groceries, but I think it's worth it. And I think it's possible. I think you just have to like, um, I don't know, really look at the cost of different things. But yeah, one last thing about that graphic though, It said there was a, there was a phone number above it that said, want to talk to a real person. And I would love to like call that number and be like, hi, like, this is what I'm eating. What do you think about it? And hear what they say. Like, I would be really interested.
1: So this, that, that is for the company that posted the blog. Okay. The real, you would have to contact Tuft food compass, which is like the thing we clicked on in more detail. That's the company that made the full study and then posted this as like the, basically the overall summary of what's good to eat and what's not good to eat. <laughs> That's
0: yeah. Funny. Yeah. Pretty um, insane. Um, Yeah. Well then let's, let's jump into it. Adam, what's your like, what are your go-to, what, what's your, no, back it up. What's your philosophy about food right now? How do you approach like what you put in your body?
1: So my philosophy of food has actually changed quite a bit. So Sean knows I was like a very adamant, intermittent, intermittent faster. I would fast like a lot. And I, I fasted, I think I did intermittent fasting consistently for probably three, three, four years. I wouldn't eat till like noon every single day. And I was like very, very regimented with it. But recently I've just been like focusing a lot more on like. Fueling my body properly. I've been doing two two days. So I do cardio in the morning and I lift weights after work. So I finish my cardio in the morning. And I'm like, I'm starved. It's like I need to eat. So I used to do two humongous meals throughout the day. And now I'm I basically break it up into like four to five moderately sized meals. Maybe like three meals and then like two good sized snacks. So my philosophy right now is kind of turned into like a. I like it better too because I, I get to have, to have more diverse mm. meal and dieting. So, like, I'd never feel like it's getting stale. I can mix in some things, like, I'll do like protein oats in the morning with fresh fruit. I'm like, mm, something sweet to like satiate that. Then I'm like, okay, I want savory. And then I'll like, I'll like pre make <laughs> breakfast burritos and like bring them to work. Everybody loves me, you know? They get eggs and like stuff <laughs> in <not> my <a> breakfast <laughs> that burrito. That but smell
0: wafting through yeah, the office. Yeah,
1: exactly. I stink, but whatever. So, I'll <laughs> eat like two of those and then. I'll usually do something like super boring, like rice and ground beef, and then I'll do like another snack, and then I'll head home, hit the gym, come home, and then I eat what my mom makes me, you know, big flex.
0: What what does that usually consist of?
1: Usually rice and then some sort of protein. Like today was salmon with white rice and broccoli and cauliflower. So very healthy meals. My mom is an extremely good, healthy cook.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a solid,
1: but solid dinner. That's kind of been my philosophy. I felt way, way better. I'm way less bloated because I think I was overfeeding myself within those two windows. And it was making my body feel terrible. Yeah, and tell me more
0: about that. What would you do if you were on that aggressive fasting you were talking about? What does that look like compared to what you're doing now?
1: So I would fast for at least 16 hours. So I like to, I like to sum it up mostly with like, okay, if I stop eating at 8 p.m. I would fast till noon. So you fast for 16 hours. And usually by the time I got to eating, I would be famished. So I would do something like eat four eggs, a bowl of oatmeal, a bowl of Greek yogurt, have Mm -hmm. a protein with my eggs, have some spinach and like maybe an apple, which is just like an absurd amount of food to eat in one sitting. But I could do it because, I mean, I felt super hungry and I would just eat it, eat it, eat it. And then I would feel like okay, I can't do anything for like an hour and a half now. Like I'm like tapped out. Like yeah. I'm about to explode. I'm so full. And then finally when I'd come down from that, I'd usually eat dinner. So it'd be like noon till like six or I'd have like something that a little bit in the middle. I started eating lunch every once in a while. But basically like the principle is eat two big feeding windows. And my whole idea was, okay, but then I can like cleanse out during my fasting window. When in reality, it was just my body trying to recover because it was trying to process all the food I shoved into it within like mm-hmm. a little eight hour window. Yeah. So I don't think it was good in the long, like, I think it was good because it like helped me manage my diet a lot more and it made me like food conscious. Mm-hmm. But for me being like an ectomorph to somebody who struggles to put on mass, especially when it comes to, like um, building muscle and like bodybuilding, it was something that was like counterintuitive. And rather than breaking up my meals into like four or five meals like I do now, it was like totally force feeding myself within two meals, which like kind of messed up my relationship with food a little bit, I think. And now it's like kind of come to an equilibrium of like, I'm no longer like, oh my gosh, if I don't fast, I'm going to gain weight, which is what I used to think, which was ridiculous. And now it's more like, okay, okay, break it up, eat till you're satiated. Don't eat till you're like bursting at the seams. And then- it's okay if you're like okay. I'm still hungry. Just like let it sit for a little bit, and move on to the next meal. Like whenever you actually feel hungry again.
0: Yeah, yeah. So now you're not fasting. What is your like? When do you eat? And like, you might already kind of describe that, but like, what's your typical?
1: Um. So I fast every once in a while, but not very often. But I'll usually eat my first meal around like ten, like nine or ten, and then. I'll do like one more meal around noon or one and then I'll do like a three o'clock ish. And then I'll do like a four o'clock, four 30, right before I leave work. Then I get home workout and then I eat dinner around like seven or eight.
0: Nice. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's shifted a lot, but cause I yeah. used to be, I always used to tell you two, I was like, bro, get on intermittent fasting, bro. And now I think it's probably a good segue to be like, Sean, what do you do?
0: What do I do? So I'm kind of on the opposite opposite end of that like i kind of had a reverse journey where i used to eat like multiple meals throughout the day that were all pretty big and because i was running especially in college i was living a super active lifestyle um i was running like anywhere from like 20 to like 60 70 80 miles a week um depending on like where i was at in a training block and then i was on top of that i was like staying up late i was getting up early i was just always tired i like always had like low energy um probably because i was like feeling with a lot of carbs i just like had a lot of like sugar that would just burn and give that like instant gratification like energy boost but then it just like didn't last very long um but yeah so i used to just really think like okay like just get like get calories in eat as many carbs like I deserve to eat whatever I want because I'm training so hard. And there wasn't a lot of thought behind what I was eating. And um, it wasn't until I started to really like cook for myself more like senior year last year um, that I was like, oh, like this matters, you know, even if I run 70 miles a week. It really makes a difference how I feel, which was mm-hmm. a cool thing to like realize like, okay, you know, when I'm not super active, I don't notice how gross certain foods make me feel because I'm not burning the fuel like as I'm eating it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when I'm like, when I'm training a lot and when I'm using a lot of energy on a daily basis, like this summer I was working construction and I was running, I was training for a hundred miles. And I just knew, like, if I ate something that wasn't super great for me, then I would feel, like, so bad on my run. Um, and I knew, like, there was a direct input, like, in response to, like, what I was eating. So, that is, like, I will say one of the benefits, like, one of the greatest benefits I've had from exercise is, like, realizing, like, the importance of the quality of food that I eat. And also then, like, kind of the science of like when I eat it. So that's kind of what you talked about a lot is like when you were eating yeah. food and like how much you were eating too. Cause I don't think it doesn't make sense to intermittent fast. If you're so hungry during that time yeah. that you can't eat like a reasonable amount of food and be like fulfilled. Cause that means you're like, you're not getting, you're still not getting like the energy that you need. If you're still hungry, your body's saying like, Hey, we need more food. Which is funny because like a lot of times, like most Americans have like excess body fat um, mm-hmm. and like even some of the best endurance athletes have excess body fat that they shouldn't have because of just the amount of like simple carbs that we eat. And I think when we eat them too, like in college, like the times that I had the most body fat was the times that I was eating late yes. frequently. That would kill me. Um, It would like really be noticeable.
1: I think, I think you made a good point that um, would be cool to touch on, but you said, um, like you got to listen to your body when your body says you're hungry, but obviously there's people and there's times, like I've been there too, where it's like, you know, you shouldn't eat, but you're still hungry. So then you're going to go eat when you know you shouldn't. And I think, and then you mentioned the carbohydrates and like, what a lot of people don't know is like, and it took me a while to figure this out too i was like i'm so hungry always like why am i so hungry and it's because when you eat carbohydrates it's not a sustainable long-burning energy source mm-hmm. so as you said you just burn right through that and then you crash and you're like oh i need more i need more i need more so then you eat more carbs and then you just repeat yeah. the cycle yeah and then that's why the calorie surplus is like achieved so easily without even thinking about it mm-hmm. and like something i've been like noticing i think you you've mentioned it like you've talked a little bit more about low carb but I'm not low carb, like I eat carbs, like a de- I eat a decent amount of carbs, I eat a lot of rice, but protein leveraging is basically focusing on protein and filling yourself primarily with protein mm. to then satiate yourself for a longer period of time, creating the lack, like a lack of hunger or hunger spurts, I guess you could say, basically yeah. managing how much calories you put in because you're not going to have those cravings after having something that's actually nutritionally sustainable.
0: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think what, what I can like notice and realize when I eat a lot of food, but I'm still hungry is that, okay, whatever I ate must not really be like meeting the needs that my body has. (laughs) So what that has looked like for me recently, like more, more of like in depth of like what I'm actually eating and like what my diet looks like is I'm really trying to like kind of focus primarily this is interesting because we have a little bit different takes on this but i'm focusing on eating like primarily like high fat food um which is funny because on that thing it said like an egg fried in butter is like the worst is like really low on like what's good for you and should be like minimized Mm -hmm. and i think for me that's like one of the best things i can eat um and that is so contrary to like a lot of um kind of like generally accepted like practice in like medical communities and like diet and nutrition and especially in like more mainstream worlds but i genuinely believe like if i'm eating a farm-raised egg in some really high quality butter that is like a satiating and fat-filled meal that is gonna teach my body to prefer to burn fat over Mm -hmm. sugar because carbs are all based on like carbs are made of sugar Uh, they're made of they're made of sugar. So especially simple carbs. Um, and so like for me, trying to consume a decent amount of fat, a lot of protein, and then like pretty minimal carbs. If I am eating carbs, it's complex carbs. And that's like consisting of eggs or sweet potatoes or um, like a like a wild rice or like quinoa. Um, like today for lunch, I had um, some broccoli that I roasted with some olive oil. And I had um some I roasted some garbanzo beans, which are super easy to do. Mm. Super yummy. You can put lots of salt and like butter if you're me. If you like butter, (laughs) (laughs) you can put butter on them. I don't think it's bad for you. Um I mean obviously not like excessive excessive amounts, but um yeah like some salt and some pepper and had that with some broccoli and some chicken. And I like to bread, this is this is like so random, but, or so specific, but I, I like to bread my chicken in almond flour. Huh. It's super good. It's like nutty and crunchy. And when you bake it or you fry it in a pan, it like crisps up and it, it tastes Sounds like fire. It's so good. It does. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it tastes like fried chicken because it doesn't. But. It's like that consistency of crunch that yeah. is like really enjoyable, and it's super good. And that's like to me that's like all like if I'm eating almonds instead of like I don't know like flour. you know super simple flour with like sugar and peanut oil, you know, and large. It's like yeah, that that's a huge win, and I honestly feel so much better when I eat food like that. Nice. So I try to eat like a decent amount of avocados because that's a lot of fat in that. And basically like the reason why I eat so much fat and also the other part of that is the fasting, intermittent fasting. So I do – I have started intermittent fasting. I started in the summer and I would do a pretty aggressive like 17-hour fast where I wouldn't eat after 7 p.m. and I wouldn't start eating until after 12. And uh, I was like as lean as I had ever been, but I would never feel like hungry in the morning. And I think it's because I was eating really high fat foods. So my, mm. like I was meeting those nutrient needs with really dense, uh, really like energy filled foods and yeah, I wouldn't feel hungry and I would sleep so good cause I wasn't eating late and I would wake up and just feel refreshed. And when nice. I would eat lunch, I would feel like energized instead of like, I was going to, you know, need a nap. Cause really? I used to eat like a big breakfast cause I was, okay, I'm going to do a run in the morning before work. So I need to eat a big breakfast and then I go to work and then work till lunch and then eat lunch and then just feel like I was going to pass out from like one to 3 PM. I was just so tired. Yeah. And then, you know, at that point, the workday is over, you know, you got like yeah. an hour or two before you wrap up. Yeah. So I was very unproductive in that time. And now I feel like that energy. And I think the primary reason for that is because I'm not dependent on that like level of blood sugar anymore that my brain like doesn't need it because i'm burning ketones from fat that like satisfy that requirement without having to eat food because i have excess fat on my body like most people do yeah so yeah i
1: I think that's super cool and i think also like a big thing is like obviously what makes this podcast unique is that we're both like trying to achieve very different fitness goals Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to run 100 miles very fast. <laughs> and you're not, you're not trying to like, basically build a, a bodybuilding physique. And like, like, we're both working to be like better as people and like better functionally and better diet wise. But it's like, one of those things, yeah. you got to know your body, you got to know what your your fitness goals are as well. It's like, yeah, I don't know if I I don't know what you are. I'm an ectomorph. I don't know if you're like, an are you an endomorph? Like, basically, if you were to stop, like you put on mass easier than you take off mass? Or is it opposite? Like, if you were to stop running, it,
0: I could definitely put it on. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, that's more like endo and ecto and endomorph. So, like, basically, I like to describe it as okay, you stop working out and you keep your diet the same. What are you most likely to do? Are you most likely to like to slim down or are you most likely to bulk up and like get chubbier? And it's like, I'm, I'm most likely to get skinny. Like, yeah, I twig out. So, that's Dude, why I'm I can always... tell
0: you because I did take a break from exercise over Christmas break and I was eating a lot of sweets. I put weight on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think it's one of those weird things where it's like, if I stopped, stop lifting and then like ate bad or ate less, like took a step back from like how much I'm eating, like I mm-hmm. would lean out so fast. Really? Like so fast. Like, and I get in my head about it too. It's like, um, we're all like, oh gosh, dude, I look so skinny right now. I'm like, gosh, like that's my body dysmorphia is like, I look so skinny because mm, I funny. was the skinny kid growing up. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I look so skinny, but I hate it. So it's like, I think it's one of those things to kind of figure out what your body type is as well. So that's why I'm eating things like white rice is way more calorie dense than a sweet potato. Yeah. So I'm eating white rice because I know I need the extra calories for how I train and what I'm trying to accomplish. While mm. Sean's like, okay, maybe I don't need a super calorie dense carbohydrate. So I'm going to focus on like a sweet potato or yeah. I don't know, broccoli or something like yeah. that. Like vegetable sources one and he just knows that's how his body works
0: one thing i will say that i i am on this wave that like a lot of people will disagree with in in more a little more specifics is like i'm trying to minimize like my fruit intake um Mm. which is interesting because i know a lot of people like promote the benefits of like fruit and like higher volume of fruit in your diet and i think Again, it's like kind of what Adam's saying. Like there's very specific needs that specific people have. And if fruit is a huge part of your diet, I'm not saying you need to stop. Um, but I am saying for me personally, like I don't want that level of sugar, especially in the morning. Because I think that's when a lot of people tend to eat their fruit is like with breakfast. And I'm just not trying to have like a sugar high and sugar low from fruit in the morning and I've just found like my energy levels are more consistent when I kind of eat it sparingly, I guess like I'm not afraid to eat a banana. I love bananas. I love banana and peanut butter sandwich with honey. It's like my favorite thing in the world. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I'm not big on like a huge bowl of fruit in the morning. I know some people are, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but if you are eating it every day, maybe consider like how much sugar is in that and like, you know, is that the best thing that you could be doing or maybe like every other day or maybe just like, yeah, like specific kind of fruits. Like I know that the darker the berry, like the more antioxidants it has. And that's really great. Like I'm trying to eat antioxidizing food because what I do for exercises is like highly oxidizing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to minimize that like acidity in my blood and my, and my body. To like keep my blood pH at a normal level, which means I'm trying to eat antioxidizing food, which a lot of like blueberries are antioxidizing and like raspberries are too. So, like, those I don't think those things are bad, but kind of just moderating it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, I think one of the, I I would, so I eat a lot of fruit. I try to eat more fruit. Mm -hmm. I love berries, specifically berries, because berries have the most, as you said, antioxidants. And it's like a great thing just for me to like add to like my protein notes. But I think the difference is I'm pairing it with something that's protein dense. As I said, like protein leveraging, mm. if I were to just eat a fruit salad, it's down the hatch and I'm hungry in like 30 minutes. Yeah. So it's like pairing it with something that's protein dense. I would agree with, but um, I, I, I definitely do eat more fruit and like, that's like just my diet. That's just how I am. And yeah. I had, I never had this issue. I used to work out fasted all the time, but I went and worked out fasted again recently with Paige, we did like a leg circuit
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i and i basically i fainted basically like <laughs> my blood sugar no crashed totally and i like i fainted it was like noon which like sounds super late it was like 11 30 to noon but like i used to do that all the time
0: mm-hmm. and i
1: like i like completely crashed i like had to go outside and i was like oh i was like losing my breath i was like i might throw up <laughs> and then i just eventually like stopped trying to fight i just like laid on the bench and just like finally like everything kind of resettled and i got back to normal but like yeah I was like, dang, I was like, my blood sugar just crashed so bad. Yeah. And it was one of those things where like, I don't know if that's like something I can control, but that's been something that's kind of like changed in my head where I'm like, okay, if I eat something, as I said, a smaller meal with protein as the base, but mixing in some good sugars for my blood sugar, Hmm. I tend to work out better. Plus, (laughs) now that I'm like really focusing muscle hypertrophy, which is basically just like when you really pull and you get a like good squeeze and you get the muscle growth, that tension, like that feeling of just like tension,
0: mm-hmm.
1: having more glycogen, which tends to be found in carbohydrates, yeah, totally. tends to be more beneficial for my training style. Yeah. So it's like that's been something I've been implementing more. Like sometimes I'll do a pre workout Rice Krispie treat. Yeah. It's kind of a trend now because it gets you a really good pump because you get a lot of sugar, that glycogen buildup, but it's like, I just like kind of feel out how I'm feeling that day. Like some days I'll get down a set and I'm like, Ooh, like I'm lightheaded. If I did yeah. super set, like, or did a circuit, it's like, Oh my gosh. Like I need to sit down. And like, those are days where I'm like, I probably should have maybe eaten a little more sugar yeah. or something to balance myself out.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think the only reason that my approach right now is working is because I'm focusing really heavily on like a low intensity, low heart rate, like training block. Um, where for me like what that does is it gives my body the chance to recover like it as quickly as i am like basically putting it into stress when i exercise and the point of that is to to build a lot of like really strong uh aerobic mitochondria in my cells it's like a cellular thing so that's why like if i tried to exercise at a really high intensity at the beginning of this block without eating really any carbs and like with pretty low sugar, then I think my glycogen stores would not be able to handle like the, the impact of that stress. And I would just like get super fatigued, lightheaded, probably pass out, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of what you're describing. But when you build up to that like base of strength, whether it's like through, whether it's an endurance type of strength or whether it's like a power and like weight resistance, training style, strength, uh, exercise. I think one of the keys is to like build up to those, either of those things. And part of that, like you have to consider what you're eating in those phases. Yeah, Um, Yeah. That's something that's like kind of more for those who are like really interested in the science and also like have specific goals with exercise maybe not so much for like the average person who's just trying to stay healthy, stay fit in general. Yeah. But like, if you are training more intensely, you're going to need more like fuel. It's kind of simple. Yeah. Um. But then also considering like what kinds of fuel that could vary, you know, the, the benefit of different fuels will vary throughout the phases of your training. Right. Like that's, it's kind of yeah. seems like not intuitive, like, but maybe like, inconsistency is not always a bad thing when it comes to like what we eat.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that that made me think about it where it's like, I still do all my cardio fasted. Yeah. So I feel like that consistent heart rate being up isn't the issue. I think it's more of a the up and down of the heart rate, like an explosive circuit mixed mm-hmm. with like, now I'm resting yeah. is where I have that plummet. So as you-, you said, it's like kind of like the inconsistency. It's where like some days I do stay fasted until 12, just because that's what feels right. Yeah, but other days it's like I finish like a really hard bike in the morning. I like hit the bike for forty minutes hard,
0: Mm.
1: and I finish, and I'm like, dude, I need something. (laughs) So then I'll like eat something. Do you feel
0: good when you do cardio fasted?
1: Yes, I think I think it's
0: because like like you said, you prevent that crash. Yeah, and I I I don't know. And you're stimulating depending on what your heart rate is. I mean, I don't know how closely you have that dialed in, but like depending on what your heart rate is in that fasted exercise, you're actually like. That's a fast track to fat burning, which your body loves to burn fat. It's like efficient, clean, and it it feels good, you know?
1: So. Yeah, and I think I, I don't – yeah, I agree. And it's one of those things too where it's the, the explosive movements are more likely going to burn like ATP and sugars because it's fast. Mm-hmm. I, as I said, that's why I think I crashed in those moments where like because I'm using like the sugar and then I'm like, oh, big explosion with the carbohydrates, like that type of thing. Like yeah the glu- I guess glucose. I'm not super science-y, so like if I'm totally butchering, I might be butchering. <laughs> we gotta but, get an expert on here. yeah, right. but and then I feel like that's those are the moments where I need to make sure I have like the carbohydrates to support that. But as you said, it's like if I'm going on like a long like my version of a long run, which is like three to five miles, I know big <laughs> long run or like a long bike ride. It's like I know I'll be okay on the fasted stomach. I know I'm not gonna have any issues. Mm-hmm. My heart rate's gonna stay pretty pretty much the same not gonna be a lot of spikes and uh yeah so i feel like that's where i can kind of tap into the slower burning as you said fats and just like kind of start tackling that using that as the main energy source
0: yeah if anyone's interested in like learning more about um like what impact like your heart rate has on what kind of energy source you're burning in exercise you can check out my blog shameless plug um it's not shameless uh we'll link to it in the show notes but I just wrote an article about that and about why I train at a really low heart rate because um yeah it's just like the lower the stress, the easier, like the more it's almost like I kind of imagine in exercise, like just as a brief overview, like when you have low stress, low impact exercise, like walking Mm -hmm. or really light jogging or cycling. Cycling can be really low stress. Um or yoga, those kind of exercises where your heart rate gets up to like 90, 100, 110, 115, even 130 beats a minute. Those exercises give your your basically the systems in your body enough time to choose like the best source of fuel, which is always fat. Like fat is the best source yeah. of fuel. Your body doesn't metabolize protein. Your body doesn't turn protein into fuel unless you're like dying of starvation. Um, and it's like a very difficult process for your body to metabolize protein for energy there are like amino acids in protein that provide small levels of energy and in like addition to fat and carbs but like primarily it's carbs or protein the carbs are mostly made of sugar so if it's a really simple carb it's more likely to just be like straight up sugar that you're burning so in those super explosive super high intense levels of exercise your body is going to rely on what's easily most easily available which is going to be those sugars in those carbs Yeah. Um and those are good for those things. Like if you're if you're eating like a higher quality version of those things, that's that's not bad. It's just what's happening. Um so yeah, I mean I think that might be helpful if you want like a little brief scientific overview, but there's a lot more there. You could probably write. I mean, there are books about the energy systems of the body, but written by much smarter people than us. Yeah. I would definitely
1: say I would definitely say your diet style seems more scientific in the sense of like what you're trying to accomplish I mean you've mentioned cellular stuff yeah you know ooh, that's mitochondria <laughs> bro come on um but I, I think it's one of those things where a lot of my training and like a lot of things I do is like very feel based mm. it's like there's a there's a part of me that likes to dive into it but then there's also a part of me that's like okay that's great but at the end of the day I need to figure out what works for me yeah. So, um, That's good. yeah, I don't know. I just think, I think, I think it's super cool that like, you can have to- two like totally different approaches, obviously totally different, like movements, goals and things like that. But it's like, obviously I would say we're both healthy, healthy young men.
0: You know? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, we're trying. Right? I sure right? hope so. But, uh,
1: <laughs> it's one of those things where like, I really have been feel based. I-, I used to do mm. low carb, just vegetables, fruits, and meats. And now I'm like, and then I hop back on the carb train and like, I found I had way better results, way better feel. Mm, I felt great. That's good. Um, Yeah. And then it's like, I, then I was like, okay, cool. I'm like overdoing it. on like processed carbs. It's like carbs aren't carbs, aren't carbs. They're not all the same. Yeah. That's facts. So it's, it's like everything too. It's like, so I need to make sure it's like, okay, I can have oats are great. White rice is great for me. I need things that are more calorie dense. Fruits are great for me for the sugars. And then basically I just like started to pick and choose. All right, I felt terrible after eating that pasta Mm. that was like made with this. Oh, but I ate these rice noodles and they made me feel fine. So it's like basically I just like start pulling things and then from that point on I started to like find a diet I enjoyed. And it's like a lot of people like demonized, like demonize demonize thank you jeez yeah, what yeah. the heck demonize <laughs> but they, they demonize like the whole point of they're like oh you eat so boring you have you must have no fun eating do you just eat food as fuel like i always get that and i'm yeah. like i'm not even that much of a stickler like i'm really not <laughs> they're like oh whoa. like at work they'll be like oh you want a cookie at them and i'm like no i'm okay thanks and they're like oh of course you don't want a cookie i'm like dude it's like wh- why are you like picking on me it's like yeah but at the end of the day it's i just know that I'm going to feel better a certain way. And I have Mm. more fun with my food, I guarantee you, than most of the other people. Cause when I get in the gym and I perform well, I'm like, dude, that was freaking like, you know, you get fired up.
0: Yeah. Like a better
1: performance is way surpasses "Mm, that tastes good to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I 100% agree. It's like two totally different types of like dopamine and like, yes, just experience. And I think like definitely the experience of like satisfaction from at least from my, In your perspective obviously it's like way more satisfying when it comes from like doing something super active that you love with especially with people that you enjoy I mean that's just yeah and I like I'm the same way I think like I probably have the most variety in my food of anyone my age absolutely of everyone of the college guys that I've lived with ever um I literally every week it's different and I love that that's like I try not to get stuck in a rut uh, with what I'm doing. And I, I think there's there's a lot to be said for what you just mentioned, Adam, which is like you do have to figure out you could spend years going into the science, right? You could spend a lifetime. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not what makes you healthy. Like what makes you healthy is like knowing how to read your body and how it responds to things and then being willing to try different approaches and like have some diversity. I think diversity in it is like huge, you know? that's why our gut microbiomes are like the most hot topic in health right one of the hot topics in health right now because like what what do you think happens when you eat the same thing over and over again you have no diversity of like ability to digest different kinds of enzymes like you're losing all those enzymes and again it's more sciencey stuff but i think another thing like one last thing that i'll say um about about the topic Two is that um you got this. dude I totally lost it. It was right <laughs> I it was on that. the tip of my tongue before I said that last thing about diversity, but oh shoot, what was I gonna say? It's okay. That's the worst, bro. It'll come to me.
1: I saw it going um, too. You were
0: like no. Yeah. <laughs> One last thing I wanna say before um Do you want me uh, to do my
1: closeout and I'll let you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Okay. So my last thing I was gonna say is basically. What I would recommend is everybody kind of figure out what body type are you be like, okay, do I put on mass easier or do I, or is it really hard for me to put on mass? Or if you're running, obviously very different things. I'm coming, I'm talking from like a weight training standpoint, if you're trying to get into the gym or just overall life in general, you go, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. It takes a lot more for me to lose fat than another person. Yeah. Start understanding what carbohydrates are calorie dense. Say you've been eating a lot of rice. And you're like, I don't understand. I eat rice and grilled chicken. It doesn't make sense to me. Replace the rice for potatoes. See what happens. Ground beef has more calories dense than chicken. It's like, just start to experiment with things and mm. give yourself knowledge. You can be just as satiated from a lower calorie food than you can be from like a higher calorie food. It's yeah, just a matter absolutely. of like, yeah. And you can eat even bigger portions of a lower calorie food. It's just making sure you're making the smarter decisions looking like how much does the salad dressing have, it has oils yeah. in it, which are fats, which are calorie dense. Fats aren't bad as we've been talking about, but if you really struggle to lose weight, maybe that's something you'd be like, okay, maybe I stick to red wine vinegar.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: like just just little decisions throughout the day, figure out what type of body type you are, figure out what foods you respond to better, and then have fun with it. As we said, it's like You can make super good stuff. Like I've been on an anabolic French toast grind. I do egg whites (laughs) with low carb bread and then I just do vanilla extract and then like a little bit of stevia and cinnamon, mix it all up. And it's like 50 plus grams of protein, really low carbs and it's delicious. So it's like, have fun with it. Like you're not boxing yourself in with like the way you eat. It's more just like finding out what works for you than optimizing it from there.
0: I I was going to say, I think one takeaway, bringing it back to the the Tufts, this is what I was going to say that I forgot, the Tufts compass thing. um Like, I think that's ludicrous because of like the simple idea that not all foods are created equal, right? So you just have ground beef there. That's so generic. Like if I went to a local farmer here in Virginia and got some beef from a cow that like used to live a happy, free life roaming around. um, Like, I would be way better off eating that than I would eating Lucky Charms. Like, that is just absolutely ridiculous. And, um, yeah, you'd be so much better off eating, like, the quality of your food over the quantity of your food every time. It's the same thing as, like, exercise. The quality of the exercise... Is way more important than how much you do it. Um, and like why you're if you know why you're exercising, if you know why you're eating something, and then understanding like, oh, this is a high quality thing, I'm investing in like myself yeah. through this, then I genuinely believe like a lot of people would be better off not eating meat at the quality that general grocery stores have meat at. You know, like the low quality meat, super processed. Probably not great for you. But if you can get real organic, like natural stuff, um, from like local sources, that quality is not going to be bad for you. It's just not, uh, Yeah, that's my take. So yeah, for sure. Not all foods are created equal. Not all food pyramids are created reasonably. Yeah. <laughs> that's most our take from today. Most food
1: pyramids are funded by the companies that are on the top of the list. So, yeah.
0: Oh, and one other thing I did want to say is I know that intermittent fasting is not for everybody but I, I will say if you want to know what a specific type of food makes you feel like, Ooh. you really do have to minimize like the like any excess overeating because you won't be able to tell like what is it that's blo- what is it that is making you bloat. Um, so I would I recommend totally like agree. if you're like, OK, I really want to know how good I feel like if ground beef really makes you feel like crap, then eat some ground beef at 6 p.m. tomorrow and then don't eat until like 10 or 11 the next day and see how you feel in the morning. Like that is a really good way to test. Okay. This makes you feel terrible or do a workout, especially during yeah. that time.
1: And I, um, I totally agree with that, especially, and I did it the other way around a lot of times where it would be a, uh, I would fast after dinner, get like totally like no bloating, like feel like clear, clear, clear mm-hmm. and then eat my first meal. And if I finished that meal after doing the monstrosity I would eat and I was like, Oh, I feel terrible. Are so terrible. It's like, but it's like, I would a lot of times be able to like pinpoint things that made me feel so bad because it's like, okay, that's like the only thing that's been in my body.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: What is it? And like, that was a lot of the way I did like the selection. I agree. Like, Mm. if you're overstuffing, you're like putting too much, like, yeah, just too much in in your body. Yeah. You're not going to be able to tell. It's like, I always see a lot of people like will eat a breakfast as soon as they wake up and they'll, then they'll eat like a snack throughout the day. Then they'll eat their lunch and they'll eat another snack. And it's like constant eating. It's just like a habit we've like integrated into our lives. Like, especially with nine to five, you sit there and you're like, huh, what can I do here? I'm bored. I'm working. I guess I can snack on something. Yeah, it's like giving your body time to like actually process the food. Mm -hmm. And then from there, understand how your body feels with
0: it. Yeah, I totally recommend doing like just like, even if it's once a week, if you just want to like really for sure. Identify how something makes you feel. Just extend that like morning window of when you eat a little later in the day. Yeah, and you'll you'll definitely know. Okay, that's a that's what made this made me feel like. But dude, Total. good talks. Boom. Thanks everybody. Thanks for coming out. Dude, sorry Thanks for, for, for my girlfriend
1: hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. All righty. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. That was that was a good one. I just felt like we both were like, oh, fired up. Yeah, we like were it. on that. Sweet. All right, guys. See you in the next one.
0: Peace. Peace.